0: Welcome to Daily Drive Time Devotions and Revelation chapter 14. Hi, I'm Pastor Tom. Day one, beginning our look at this awesome chapter. To me, the most awesome thing about this chapter is how it begins. You remember Revelation 13 we looked at last week with all those beasts and all those terrible pictures. And then you open up Revelation 14, and the first thing you see is there's a lamb. There is a refreshing lamb that gave his life for the sins of the world. And we're going to get to what that lamb means in just a few moments. But before we get there, as we begin our look at Revelation 14, I feel like it's important that we continue to get our bearings as we go through Revelation, because it is easy to get lost in the detail of the pictures and to miss the powerful truths. So as we're going through, I just keep reminding you of what it takes to understand Revelation and where we are in the book of Revelation. Remember what it takes to understand Revelation. I mean, as we read through books like, as, and pictures, as we're seeing in this book, it's difficult to get lost in the crowns and the thorns and the horns growing out of heads and seven heads, and it gets a little confusing sometimes. So let me just remind you of why we get confused. When we read the book of Revelation today, why it feels confusing to us, because it did not. I believe with all my heart it did not to those who first read the book of Revelation, There are three reasons that when you and I read this book, it's a little bit of a struggle. It's a little bit harder work for us to understand it. We have a difficult time understanding Revelation when three things. Number one, when we don't know the Old Testament background. They knew the Old Testament background in the day that this was written. We don't. Most of us have never spent a lot of time studying the Old Testament. So the pictures that come, like 10 heads, they don't hit us immediately like, oh, that's the same thing as in Daniel. I remember that. I've read about that all my life. I understand that. I guess the picture I'd give is it's sort of like when I took Greek in college for the first time. I'd had some English classes in high school, but I sort of skated through them, and I hadn't really focused on them, so I didn't know things like participles and prepositions like I should. And so when I took Greek, it was very confusing to me, because while I was taking Greek, I also had to learn English. You may have experienced that with a foreign language, learning it. It's hard enough to learn a foreign language, but you have have to learn your own language as well at the same time. That makes it even more confusing. You try to learn Spanish at the same time as you're trying to learn the basics of English, it's 10 times more confusing because you're trying to learn two things at once. And that's what happens as we look through the book of Revelation. We don't know the Old Testament as they knew it. They knew it like the back of their hand. They knew it like some of you know Star Wars. They knew the Old Testament, and so they knew the book of Revelation better. They knew everything about it. When they saw these pictures, they would immediately go back to the Old Testament and understand. What does the Old Testament say? How does this help me to understand this picture? That's one of the reasons why it's worth studying the Old Testament as we study the book of Revelation. We don't understand the book of Revelation sometimes because we don't understand the Old Testament. A second reason we don't understand sometimes is because we don't understand New Testament times. Because we don't understand New Testament times, we don't understand, for instance, that the number seven and the number 10 meant completion or meant full. That's what it meant in all of the writings of that day. We have to have somebody tell us what it meant. They knew immediately what it meant because it just always meant that in that day. So we have to walk through that. And then there's a third reason that we sometimes miss and are confused by the truth of the book of Revelation. We miss it when we don't remember that the primary message is always hope. If you start reading the book of Revelation just looking for dates and times and reasons or you just get worried about what's going to happen or not going to happen to you and you don't worship God, you don't focus on the fact that he's in control, and that he wants to give us an awesome hope in the midst of whatever circumstances hit us, you're going to miss the message and it's going to feel confusing to you. So as we walk through Revelation, we just want to hold on to those things and realize, okay, we've got to keep going back to the Old Testament, keep going back to New Testament times, keep going back to hope. And also as we walk through this book, I want to just keep reminding you of where we are in the study of this book. Revelation is a book of awesome drama and suspense. And in fact, in many ways, wherever you are in the book, everything else is built toward that point dramatically. That's one of the powerful things about the book of Revelation. Everything has built to where we are right now. The worship that was in chapters 4 and 5 has built to what we're going to look at in chapter 14. The seven seals that have been opened, the seven trumpets that have been blown, they have built toward what we're going to look at in chapter 14. And then this long interlude that we've looked at the last couple of chapters, this interlude in which we've focused on the plans of Satan, We focused on a battle with two witnesses and the dragon battling the woman. A lot of battles. The rise of a horrible beast from the earth and a beast from the sea. Seemingly, in these last few chapters, Satan is gaining more and more control. He seems to be having his way more and more. And just personally, as we begin into chapter 14, it may seem that way in your life at times. Revelation is not just a book about the end or just a book about the first century. It's a book about you. It's a book about hope for anyone at any time. If God can give hope in the circumstances that we're looking at in this book, he can give hope for your life and my life. He can give hope when things are at their darkest. And there are times in your life when it feels like, it seems like Satan is having his way more and more. It is not true, but it feels that way to us because of where we happen to be in the story at that moment. And God keeps reminding us to have hope. In fact, Revelation chapter 14 to me Really, chapter fourteen through chapter sixteen are chapters about where do you find hope when your world is falling apart. There are chapters about what do you do when life isn't fair. What do you do about the fact that life is not fair? And I mean truly and deeply not fair. I don't mean my little sister got a little more soda in the in her glass than I did. Unfair. Like your kids cry. Unfair. Unfair. I mean deeply unfair. I mean. I mean a child that's abused by her parents or his parents and has to live with that, deal with that the rest of his or her life. I mean a rape that happens and a woman who has to deal with that abuse the rest of her life. I mean I mean a child who, although it, <laughs> that son, that daughter is given everything, they become a prodigal and they wander away from their parents. They live just for themselves. I mean what we're seeing here in Revelation, believers who are being persecuted by a beast what do you do when life is unfair? These chapters talk about that. They give us truths to hold on to when life is unfair. Since chapter 11, we have been focused on the political, the power of the beast, the control of people. In chapter 14, we turn from the political to the spiritual, and we see things that clearly give us hope, clearly give you hope when everything's falling apart. We're going to look this week and next few weeks at four unforgettable pictures, four real pictures, four places that this future that we have before us is inevitably going to head, and four places that you and I can find hope when the world is falling apart. Now, let me just say, as we walk through these chapters, don't get too caught up in the timeline of this. There are those people who try to make everything in these chapters, chapters 12, 13, 14, fit exactly into the time of the tribulation, it's a little bit more difficult because the the further we get towards the end, the more chaotic things get. In fact, the further we get towards the end of time, the more heaven starts to break in on earth. And the more difficult it becomes, I believe, to figure out exact timelines in the book of Revelation. And that's not the point in these chapters. You'll see the events that are going to happen. God unfolds those for us. And the exact order of those events is not so important is the fact that these events are going to happen. And the point is, these four events that are going to happen, they're going to change everything. And in that change, we see truth that we desperately need. Life is often unfair. Where do you look? Where do you look when that happens? Here are four pictures. The first picture, just beginning today, is a picture of a lamb leading worship. In Revelation 14, first part of verse 1 says, Then I looked, and there before me was a lamb, standing on Mount Zion. And as I said at the beginning, what a relief, a lamb. This is Jesus. This is the lamb of God. He walks on the scene, this scene from last chapter where we have the beasts and we have the torture and we have all that's happening with him trying to control. This lamb walks on the scene and guess what? It changes everything. Just like your life. As soon as he walks on the scene of your life, it changes everything. As soon as he walks on the scene of the end times, as soon as he walks into this circumstance, we again see hope clearly. Right now in your life, you may not see hope clearly because of the circumstances that are surrounding your life. How do you see it more clearly? First of all, you see the Lamb. You see it more clearly when you see Jesus more clearly. We're going to walk through that this week. As we prepare to do that, let's talk to him. Jesus, we want to see you in our circumstances. We want to see you in the good times and give you praise. We want to see you when we're going through difficult circumstances and realize you're not going to leave us alone. Realize you have a plan. Realize, realize Jesus, that you're using even this that Satan is throwing at us to develop in us your heart, your character, and a promise and a hope for eternity. So, Lord, I pray like never before. We'd see you even in the difficult circumstances. And you'd use these verses in Revelation to open up that new perspective, that new way of looking. I pray this for me. I pray this for all of us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Join us tomorrow. We're going to see together how 144,000 believers respond to this lamb.